Hello, my people and Miss McGinnis. Hope your day is going great so far. We are back with Atonement chapters 5 through 9. It's your boy, Kawila. Morgan. Joe. And Haley. So chapter 5, it basically talks about how Bryony is just basically giving up on her play because no one wants to help her. And then... One of the twins, he's like really concerned. So he starts talking about the divorce and then the whole, there's a whole conflict between the family because they don't really want to talk about the divorce. And then Paul Marshall comes into the story and he has a little flashback talking about how before he got drunk and he passed out and he had a little dream about his younger sisters. Then he woke, after he woke up, he looked at Cecilia and started to get that little Lola I meant sorry wrong person Lola and started to get a little pervy towards her so my question is Paul Marshall is a real pervy dude his hormonal instincts begin taking over over him and it's causing some problems with Lola and the family why do you think his little pervy instincts begin to kick in now could you consider him a pedophile or just someone who's a little crazy at the moment I think that Paul Marshall is, we don't know his history of his family and like his past, so we can't really determine if he's actually like mentally unstable, but we do know so far that he does have some weird uh, traits and like personality that's boring and it's like pervy and stuff like that, but what I think is that Paul Marshall is just like a weird dude. Weird dude. All right, so chapter six is about the mother Emily Tallis uh, going through what every mother goes through, and it's about worrying about their children and their futures. And she talks, she goes on a rant about how her son Leon uh, has no ambition, and he uh, and her her daughter Cecilia, she doesn't look like it's gonna be like. A, a good life, like a good future headed towards her because she's smoking and like her education will like get in the way of her getting married. But uh, she says that she must protect Bryony because she's the next one in line to like go into her future. And she loves Bryony and she wants that to, uh, for Bryony to have like a good future ahead of her. And yeah, this is chapter six. Uh, my question is, uh, if Emily is overthinking things about her parenting and if she's worrying too much about Bryony's future. I think that Emily is overthinking it. I think Bryony is really independent and her being babied in a way isn't really like formative to her character and it's definitely bringing down her maturity because she definitely like as a 13 year old she seems really childish and gets upset easily and isn't really controlling of her emotions so I do really think that her being babied is not a good thing. In chapter 7, we see more into Bryony's creative little 13-year-old mind. She becomes sad and goes on a walk to the bridge. 
She thinks that she's insignificant and will wait on the bridge until she's not. In chapter 8, we go back to the gardener's son's view, Robbie Turner. He cannot stop thinking of Cecilia and they're running at the fountain. He realizes how it's so weird to him, how he never used to find her attractive, and now that's all he can think about. He writes her an apology letter, and there are two versions, one that's R-rated and one PG. On the way to the house, he runs into Bryony at the bridge and gives a letter for her to deliver to Cecilia. And once she goes on her mission, Robbie realizes he gave them the dirty version. So in chapter 7, Bryony feels insignificant and claims that she's going to wait at the bridge until she's not. And of course, Robbie runs into her, um, gives her the letter. Do you think this made her feel like important that she gets to deliver the letter? Or do you think this is like nothing to her? So I feel like Bryony, she feels important, but at most she feels noticeable because she's at a young age and people really are confused at that age. So with her being by herself and being all down and then all of a sudden Robbie comes up and gives her the letter, she feels noticeable that people actually care about her. So yeah, and then when Robbie gives her the wrong letter, I think Robbie tried to rectify what he wanted to do, but it was too late. So in chapter eight, we see that Robbie starts to fall in love with Cecilia. So at first they hated each other, ignored each other, never really noticed each other. How come now with this one run in, they're suddenly in love? Do you think this is because their immaturity or because their recent run in with like affection? I feel like their recent run-in at the fountain where Cecilia's filling the vase with flowers and like she has to jump in, I feel like that might have sparked something because after Robbie goes back to his house and is in the bath, he's thinking about it and he wonders if Cecilia did it to like humiliate him or to seduce him. And then after like thinking about it, it caught and like made him want to write the letter and then like the letter is probably going to spark something between the two of them. In chapter 9, Leon and Cecilia are walking and they're kind of talking and catching up. And then through the first four chapters of the story, Cecilia has a hatred for Robbie and she almost wants nothing to do with him. She is constantly thinking about how she wants to find him, the man of her dreams. And after reading Robbie's letter, she realizes that she has an infatuation with Robbie. What could be the real reason she didn't like Robbie before? Um, I think before, Robbie and Cecilia kind of had like a weird hatred for each other, and Cecilia more put it on, like she started that whole hatred when she started getting less attention, I feel like, from her parents, and a lot of focus was on him instead of her, and she just kind of is that girl that craves that sort of attention, and when the father offered to pay for Robbie's future, and she doesn't really have like a big one that really upset her. So it kind of puts that block on him where she wants to hate him. And then when they have that run and she realizes how good of a person he is, it's good. So it's kind of like Pride and Prejudice. Like she has that exact, um, that exact thing going on where she lets her pride get in the way and she doesn't want to like get it down, whatever. So that is the end of our podcast. Uh, thank you for tuning in.
uh, we'll be back next week with part four. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, comment. And it's been your boy, Kawila. Morgan. Joe. And Haley. And we're out. <laughs>